We are Taking the Helm with risk takers who are motivating us to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Hello, everyone. I'd like to start today by thanking Surge Activewear, who is sponsoring today's podcast. Surge Activewear is a company that produces custom athletic wear for all walks of life, and they've been doing it for over 10 years. From local clubs to national and international teams, and they only use high-quality, lightweight performance fabrics with custom prints as you would like them to be, and that results in athletic wear that will not just get you and your team noticed, but you will be comfortable and fit. Trust me. Visit surgeactivewear.com, and if you mention the short acronym for our podcast name, Taking the Helm, T-E-T-H, you're going to get 15% off your first order. And with that, let me introduce you to today's guest, Stacey Jones. She's exceptional, she's fun, she's dedicated, and she exudes the principles of being a giving person. We'll be talking to Stacey today about Rotary and the branch that she opened in South Shore, Kingsville. She brought it to fruition and is now the president through her own drive, vision, and commitment. Welcome, Stacey. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's quite an introduction, and I'm honored to hear you say all those kind words. Just a little bit of background. Stacy and I met about a year ago. We have a local group of women entrepreneurs called the Solopreneurs, run by another local woman, and we got together occasionally. And about a year ago, uh, we were at Peely Island Winery, having a glass of wine, about to listen to a guest speaker, and Stacy shared that we had a Rotary Club in Kingsville, and I had no idea. And so I did some research following that meeting and was very pleased to discover the principles and some of the action items for Rotary International, promoting peace, fighting disease, polio worldwide as one example, clean water, sanitation, and so many more. And I guess I had a preconceived notion of what I thought Rotary was. So let's go back to like, when did you first, when did you first Mm -hmm. have that? Oh, I have to do something. I want this in my area. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, defined moment. I can say I, um, my family is a family of Rotarians. My husband's family, uh, has been in Rotary for years and my sister-in-law, Jennifer Jones, as, um, every Rotarian in the world knows her, Mm -hmm. uh, are at the international level, her and her husband. So my, my preconceived notion of Rotary was that it was sort of an all-consuming, traveling the world, busy, busy, busy um, commitment. And many years ago, I would say six years ago now, she uh, had approached me very, not not in a pushy way, but had said, you know, my mom is going to be the president of her club this year, and her husband was the president of his club that year. How amazing would it be if you started a club in Kingsville and everybody was a president together? Oh. And I thought, oh, that sounds awful. (laughs) Because I had a preconceived notion of I would have to drop everything to commit to this. And that being said, I was a newer agent um, in real estate. I had a two-year-old. I had an eight-year-old who was busy with sports. So time was a factor and I didn't really have extra time to give because I I do believe that when you commit to something, you should kind of be all in as much as, as you can. So fast forward to June 2018 
And we had the opportunity to go to Italy with Jennifer and Nick uh, for an End Polio Now event that was put together by a friend of hers um, on the uh, Italian side of, of Rotary. So this event uh, was going to be at the Coliseum. It was a private event to which there are, that's not heard of. You don't have private events at the Coliseum in Rome. Mm. But this gentleman had a lot of connections via Rotary. It does, it does give you a lot of opportunity and connections. And they were going to be screening the Gladiator at the Coliseum in Rome. Oh. And they brought in a live orchestra and vocalists. So the soundtrack was being played live to the screening. So there was about 300 people there. And we were lucky enough through Jennifer and Nick to attend this event. It was a red carpet event. I have never and probably never will it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So we, they, they brought in the stars of the show too. Russell Crowe was there, Connie oh. Nielsen. <laughs> Pretty incredible. For you for sure. So I, yeah, so I can say without a doubt, it was Connie Nielsen. We were, she plays the sister in the movie. If, if anybody doesn't remember it, it was, I think a 20 year old movie at this point now, but we were, getting a private tour of the Coliseum by some of these um, local Rotarians. And then you went up into this um, outside area and they were doing this sort of meet and, not a meet and greet, but like, you know, hors d'oeuvres and wine, little party before the movie. And we were talking to Connie and she, you know, is this beautiful, she had this beautiful Versace gown on and, and she was so stunning. She's a movie star. And she runs a organization that works in the slums of Nairobi, Kenya. It's called the Human Needs Project. And basically her and her team and her group work in these sort of slum cities that are tent cities um, in Kenya, providing basic needs to these um, individuals even if it's just, you know, soap and toothpaste, or if somebody has the opportunity to get a job, they'll help them with a resume. So they are boots on the ground, dedicated volunteers. And I'm literally listening to her and a couple of other, you know, more <laughs> affluent, rich and famous people talking about their different organizations that they're so committed to. And I'm standing there and I didn't have anything to contribute to these conversations because I was too busy. You know, I, I wasn't involved in anything. And I, it just sort of kind of hit me in the heart. And I thought, wow, like if these people who are busy doing their own projects and, and different things like that can take their time to do these amazing things, who am I to, to say that I'm too busy? So it was pretty much that night, my husband and I got back to the hotel after this crazy, amazing experience. And we just sort of both looked at each other and nodded and said, okay, it's time. And that, that was it. That was that moment. That moment, that entire day. <laughs> and that led you to the process to begin the branch in Kingswell, but it's not a simple one. What did you have to do to make this real? Well, I think that's probably why you don't see a lot of brand new clubs starting. 
A, most towns have a Rotary Club. If you kind of look around, Kingsville has neighboring um, towns that that have Rotary Clubs. So perhaps, um, you know, it never occurred to anybody to start our own. And I was in a unique position where I had family members who could lead me in the right direction. So we got back in June and I believe it was probably September that we had our first sort of get together. Uh, a few friends and I, we had been meeting here and there over the summer to discuss some ideas. You know, I just wanted to put some feelers out and say, hey, if we, if we opened a Rotary Club, you know, would you be interested in, in getting on board? And, and it was a resounding yes. Our town is a town of, of giving people and, and people were looking for a way to give back. So um, through my sister-in-law and, and her club, uh, Windsor Roseland, they acted as a sponsor club for us. You have to go through quite a lengthy process of paperwork and, and you have to have so many members that are willing to commit. And um, I believe it was, so we had our first meeting September and it took us until that April to, to get chartered. You had to have the 20 members to charter. So once we had those numbers on paper, my husband and I actually went to the uh, Rotary headquarters in Evanston, Illinois, near Chicago and, and handed in our paperwork and, and we got our charter. So it was, uh, it was pretty exciting. Oh, I'd say, I'd say. And so a few months later, um, because I'd met Stacy at this, at this event, I, mm -hmm. I joined Rotary and I, yeah. and I absolutely love it. So I think what's unique at what you've created for us here in Kingsville, it's not a traditional club. I guess I'll use that word. It's um, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So there's a perception. I think there's a perception and I had it as well of what Rotary is. What do we do in Rotary in Kingsville and why, why does it look non-traditional? Mm -hmm. And I think um, stemming from that, Rotary is going through a bit of a transformation because it's being forced to. Um, many years ago when Rotary was started, it was started by a gentleman who was a professional and wanted to connect with other professionals in a city that he was in that he didn't know anybody in, in Chicago. So it started off as sort of you had to be um, I'm a real estate agent, for instance, and, and still to this day, there are clubs that adhere to this. No other real estate agents can be in your club. And it's typically you want um, professionals. So that's great. But then numbers in North America were sort of dwindling because of these restrictive membership. Um, restrictive is an excellent word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Rotary is a great fundraiser and we give so much money back and that comes from members donations um but it also if if you're you know sort of eliminating certain people out of your club you're you're losing volunteers you're losing amazing volunteers and above all in my vision we are a service group where we are there to serve our community so we are mostly working professionals, which means a lot of us have children, which means I am not leaving my house at night if I have to get a babysitter. So our club allows you to bring your kids and, and that is huge for membership for us because you, 
you don't have to worry about getting to a meeting and it's twofold great for you to get to a meeting we you know we set the table up in the back for the kids to work on projects or crafts or you know a lot of them will participate in the meeting if it's something of interest to them but it also even just not them sitting in on a meeting they hear you they see you they they do participate and at a young age they understand what volunteering and service is you're modeling you're modeling we're yeah. all modeling for everyone who's attending and yeah we've got children as young as i think five or so who are i think our i think the two little ones are eight i think okay. that's the youngest mm -hmm. mine and and uh chloe olivia and chloe are our youngest um but they're you know these kids they want to get in there they want to get their hands dirty they they want to get out there because they learn certain things in school and then they can bring it back and then it's it goes in a big circle where then they can bring principles of rotary into their classroom and they're doing projects with their school based on environmental things like it's really it's really done a whole circular movement with the children and then hopefully you see those kids move through a life of service because of what's being done now and not because and, they are forced to do uh, 40 hours of community service in secondary school. Oh, that'll um, be easy. I say the word forced them. because it's a requirement, right, for, for right. to graduate, but they're doing it because they're now doing it intrinsically because it's yes. what they've grown to believe in, which is such a powerful change, right? Yeah, but it's interesting. Uh, most clubs that I've uh, gotten to know or aware of, kids are, you don't bring your kids, you know, A, it might be an older demographic. So kids um, aren't an issue or a, of a concern having to, uh, you know, get a babysitter or whatnot. So a lot of clubs in our district kind of look at us and say, you, what, you bring your kids to meetings? Like, but that might not work for a lot of clubs because if you have an older demographic, they don't want little kids running around. It can be distracting. It can be you know a bit of a stop and start if you've got kids coming over but you have to outweigh that uh as a whole for your group if it doesn't work for you there are other rotary clubs that you can join that might fit your you know ideology a little bit better so well and i think it's what you've done is you've you've built the club around the needs of the members is the i guess I absolutely I mean, there are many clubs that have weekly meetings at lunch. So, I mean, mm -hmm. because of the membership in our, in our South Shore Rotary, we're not having lunch meetings because of what you just described, right? Most of, most people are working. I think I'm, one, sure. of the, I think I'm one of the oldest in the club, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's funny because in, in many clubs, you'd be one of the youngest. That's right. That's right. So, and we are a club of mostly women, which a lot of clubs struggle with getting a female membership. So we are... We have a lot. I sit at these district meetings and I think, oh, we have all the opposite problems. We can't get men and we can't get older people. <laughs> it's a good problem to have because it is reshaping people's vision of Rotary. Many, many clubs have speakers and I think that's of great value. But most of our members, they want to come for a business meeting. They want to come in and say, what's our next, pro next project? What are we doing in the community? Get in, get out. So as you remember, I did a survey because I thought, well, I'm not going to keep forcing something on this group that they're not finding value in. Time is, is important. So let's use our time to the best way possible. So we have the monthly meetings now. And thanks to social media, 
we can stay in touch and we can conduct some business online and then get to the, you know, the big meetings once a month. And I think it does work for us. Well, let's just look at one year. I think we're coming upon in one year and how much you've done in one year. Let's just go through a few things. The Interact Club. Yes. Uh, what's an Interact Club, Stacey? Let help everybody understand, but the difference it's making to our, our young people. Um, we've Interact is one. We have a, scholarships that are being offered to the local secondary school. We have community projects we can talk about. The difference mm -hmm. just in this community alone. We've also branched out and we're meeting with other members of Rotary Club. International Rotary we're, we're supporting. Um, so I just threw in a whole, let's start with Interact. Mm -hmm. So Interact is sort of the um, early stages of, of being a Rotarian. So it's a 12 to 18 year old um, age group and there's different um, club ideas that you can follow. There's school-based clubs, there's community-based clubs. We have a community-based club. Now, we haven't chartered them yet. Uh, we just are sort of getting our momentum going and now we can't meet. So it's, it's on a little bit of a, a pause, but um, the library here in town was giving us our meeting space for free. And we, you know, it's a way for kids to start getting involved because, you know, they really do want to get involved and they come up with some of the greatest ideas. I love if I'm having sort of a long day or, you know, kind of busy with work or something, I get to one of those interact meetings with the kids and their energy and their enthusiasm <laughs> is off the charts. <laughs> so they're really exciting. So that takes, that takes a, a new young Rotarian to age 18 and then Rotaract would essentially take over. And that's changing a little bit, but it, it was an 18 to 30 year old program. A lot of university age um, students, those um, limitations are, are changing right now. And I'm not even up to date on all of that. So I'm, I'm not going to speak too much to that, but it's for a younger group. And then Rotary obviously is, is the large, you know, main population group. So so in addition to the work Rotary does internationally and through their own districts, I'm very drawn and very committed to what we do locally, as is every member of any club, wherever they, they might be around the world. So the community projects, when we were first trying to identify, you know, that's really tough at the beginning to land on our why, because we can be pulled in so many directions. And before COVID-19 and all of us staying at home for our safety, Rotary was really involved in several community projects. Can you hone in on one specifically? Absolutely. So before you joined, we did what's called a vision planning meeting, which is offered through Rotary. They send trainers to your club. And we felt that was really important to get us on the right track right away. And you go through a very lengthy um, vision planning. And we deemed immediately that children and family were the focus of our club. We wanted to be very community focused. One of the biggest projects that we work on on an ongoing basis is with our community food bank. And we realized that there was a few gaps that we wanted to fill with possibly a younger demographic. And uh, we approached them and they've allowed us to open up on the Wednesday evenings to serve that working family demographic that might not have been able to get to their um, usual hours. So what I've really seen shine lately amidst this uh, COVID crisis, for lack of a better term, is that we have been able to really 
step up on that. We saw that it's an older demographic serving the food bank. We were very concerned for their volunteers. So there's been quite a large group of our membership that has stepped in and, and taken over these shifts and worked closely with them more so than we had in the past. And if we hadn't started working with them previously, they might not have been as open to it, but because we have that relationship built with them and Rotary is such a well-known name um, in the world, but now even in our, our little town, they're so trusting and, and willing to allow us to help them. And it's so, it's so good to be able to give back at a time like this. We're making sure people have access to food, people who need the help the most, especially during this pandemic and as the circumstances of many are changing. It's a scary time, but you, you, I, I myself am a little bit conflicted because I'm, I worry about my family and myself, but then I have food in my fridge and I, I feel, and most of us do, you, you need to give back, you need to help. So everybody, their regular volunteers at the food bank have been so great about, yes, we need to change the way we do things, but unless we change, we'll have to close. So it's, it's changed, as you know, when you come and, and um, donate, volunteer your time, it, it changes almost weekly to keep up with things, but that's how we've been able to do it. And that's what I like about our club is we're very versatile and we're very open to doing things any way we can to make things work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's been great about getting our club off the ground is being flexible and being uh, open to people's ideas and changing things. And it's, it's a democracy. Um, certain things that I would love to do, I'll get voted out on because at the end of the day, everybody will look at me and say, that's a crazy idea. And I'll say, <laughs> okay, you may be right. I'd never you have, say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be open to everybody's input. And it's a, it's a club. It's not, a dictatorship and I think we all come to the table and bring really meaningful ideas and and everybody's very open to things. So one of the projects that we were really moving forward on which is on pause now because of the pandemic but once we get back to our new normal it'll start up again and it was uh, water refilling stations and we were starting to work with the town which had a very very powerful partnership. Has Absolutely. a partnership. Yeah. So this sort of kind of started organically. Uh, Desjardins Insurance here in town, Ian Murray's company nominated us for one of their grants through the company. And we were, I don't know exactly how many went out in the country, but we were one of very few groups that got uh, this money, this free money. So we received $4,000 and we voted and we talked about it and we decided to put in a water filling station at Lakeside Park. As parents with children, a lot of us are at this park and there's nowhere to refill your water. And now that Rotary is recognizing the environment as an area of focus, we thought it's really, it's really unfortunate to see water bottles, single use water bottles laying around. We don't want to promote that. So in the spring, as soon as it's able to happen, 
our first water filling station is going in at the park. So people get used to the idea of bringing their containers and, and being able to, you know, hopefully even stay at the park longer now that you're not dying of thirst out in the sun when you're there. So we, we do hope that we can put more of these in through town. Uh, it's very important to get rid of the single use plastics. And I think this is an excellent way to start people thinking in that direction. And so nonprofit organizations, I'm a volunteer with the Brain Tumor Foundation and our annual walk is only one example where we're getting that water truck for the day. The same mm -hmm. thing we did last summer in Kingsville with the Scottish Games. So mm -hmm. I mean, this, this will negate the need to do that and just make it a common, our, our grand, my grandchildren will never know, hopefully, what a single use bo water bottle is because oh, they won't so. anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe the town has approved up to 10 of them through town. So if we can partner with them on that, uh, that's a that's a huge win for everybody all around. It'd be great. So Rotary Clubs raise funds to support these community projects. And our our organization had a golf tournament last year, which brought in um, some some money to help with that. And the next golf tournament is coming up in September and we'll see what happens. Hopefully by then we'll we'll be, be able to go ahead with that. But that's the kind of resources and community coming together not only at the fundraising level, but to make the projects happen and to make a difference, not only in our communities, because Rotary International is also involved in water projects around the world in third world countries, right? Yes, absolutely. So when we raise money, we try to keep as much money as we can in the community. Uh, we, we run at very low expenses. We have a grant through the town that allows us our meeting space. So our expenses are low and we all pay dues as members to Rotary. So the money that we raise, we really do try to um, connect with the community. It allows us to um, open up some dollars to other groups in need. We were so lucky to have that money from the golf tournament last year. There are groups in town right now that are working with food programs and different things that we were able to donate to. Um, we do have some other projects that uh, we're a little bit on hold right now, but um, I think everybody's is unfortunately. So um, the Greenway cleanup was one of them. And, you know, that would cost us a few dollars to put on, but what we would do cleaning up six and a half kilometers of the Chrysler Greenway is worth the money spent. And it just gets people thinking about things and trying to get more people involved in these community events that we want to do. It's kind of a cliche, but what comes to mind is the gift of giving, right? When, when we get into the mindset of we're here to serve and actually serve for no other reason except to serve, it really mm -hmm. does come back to you tenfold. The feeling of, I mean, it's a feeling of pride. It's a, it's a knowledge that you're making a difference to someone or a group of people. Um, and I would encourage anybody who isn't serving in some way to take a look around in your community and, and find an organization that you can join and, and feel connected to. Even in this time, we're connecting on Zoom meetings <laughs> yep. once a week in Rotary just to check in on each other and see For how sure. we're doing. So um, it's, it really is that cliche. I can't find another word. Maybe you can help well, me. I can. feel like selfishly for me, it sort of feeds your soul. I know if I, if I have a hectic day with work, I can always fall back on Rotary as busy as we can be some times of the year with Rotary. It's very 
good for your heart. You know what I mean? It, um, it's, it can be stressful, but it's a good stress because you know that you're giving back. And when you, when you see the kids getting involved and when you see other members of the community wanting to help you, I had a neighbor message me the other day, can I transfer you some money for Rotary? Because people, people still in this pandemic want to help and whether it's through money or through service or people want to find outlets to give back because it does feed your soul. I probably would be going a little bit crazy right now if I was only just at home. So I, A, exercise, we've been getting out and doing a lot of exercise, but even just going to the food bank for a couple of hours a week, I feel like I'm doing something. And if you're, it doesn't have to be rotary. It doesn't have to be your, obviously you love the brain tumor association for your own life. Maybe you're a pet lover, go to the humane society, do, there's something for everybody to feed your soul and give you something um, bigger than yourself. So you mentioned time at the beginning of this interview, and I, I, I want to address that a little bit because I do think one of the preconceived notions for people is uh, rotary. I'm required to do this. I have to do so many things a month. And it isn't like that in every club. In our club, and jump in here, Stacy. right? Mm -hmm. We have one monthly meeting. We mm -hmm. have a social once a month. Yep. We have a community project once a month. And we're not taking attendance. Everybody does what everybody can do. That's so, all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's important. I know, I know there are clubs out there and like I said before, it works for them and that's part of their heritage and their history. And they do take attendance. They want to make sure that you, if you're a member of their club, that you are committed. And I, I don't disagree with that, but my, my vision and my perspective um, for our club was that you do what you can. And we are all so busy whether it's with work or with other volunteer organizations, some of us write books. <laughs> um, you, you show up when you can get there and, and that's okay because you're giving your time free. And why would I punish you for something like that? We want to keep it positive. We don't, I mean, we've all seen my eight year old daughter take attendance and write your name down across the room. <laughs> it can be a little bossy that way. And that's all in fun. And we do want, you know, we want to make sure when you're a new member that you know when we meet and what we do. And you kind of understand that going in. And if you think, geez, I really can't do even once a month. Well, okay, then that's fine. Most people, there's not an attendance issue. Most people show up as much as they can. And if you don't want to go that day, that's okay too, because sometimes you just need to stay at home and read a book. So, right. And if it, people, are, people are starting to think, oh, this might be something for me, come and join us at one of our meetings. Yeah, right? Come, come out to a in. social. Yeah, yep. come and join us. Talk Part to of Rotary for most people is the social aspect. Yeah, we want to get out there and serve the community, but you want to have a network of people that are your, your people, your humans, and, and you know that you can sit down at a, a dinner or a, a bar and just connect and we ha we are like-minded so it it just keeps that I know I, I miss you guys that's why we've been doing these zoom meetings because you you have like-minded people coming together you want to spend that time with them and and that's what rotary is for me 
Well, so much to think about. I, I mean, I certainly hope that when people are listening to this, our audience, that you'll consider uh, joining a service club or going at least to check out a service club or, as Stacy said, volunteer at a humane society or uh, there's so many different ways in your own mm-hmm. community. Of course, when we can. Right now, when you're at home, is a great time to do research. Absolutely. <laughs> Reach yeah. out and make a phone call. So, Stacy, let's just say that people are interested in learning more about our club. How can they contact you? I think the best way for us uh, right now, especially is Facebook. Our, our Kingsville South Shore page is up on Facebook and we are quite active on social media. Um, and we have our email and phone numbers posted there and follow, follow along on our social media and, and see what we're up to. We try to, obviously there's not a lot going on right now, but we do try to um, I think we're, we're pretty active as, as much as we can be right now. And then come, come a more settled time, we do post when we have our socials. And I think a social meeting would be a better way to get to know people than just coming to a regular meeting and you're, you're kind of jumping into a meeting. You're like, well, when is this? And when is this? And you might have questions. A social, you can just say, hi, I'm so-and-so and, and just raise a glass. So um, that's probably a, a great jumping off point for people. Well, thank you, Stacy, And I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night with our club on Zoom. Thank you. And again, I'd like to thank Serge Actiwear for sponsoring this podcast episode. High quality athletic wear, lightweight performance fabrics, custom prints just for you. And trust me, they're comfortable and they fit very well. Their website is surgeactivewear.com. And if you want that special discount only available to our listeners today, It's the short acronym for our podcast, Taking the Helm, T-E-T-H. You'll get 15% off of your first order. So until next time, stay safe and be healthy. Thanks for listening. For more episodes learning from people who are steering us in the right direction, visit lynnmclaughlin.com or subscribe to this podcast feed.